hello everyone, this is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. It is hot today and it's not supposed to be, it's October. I know, right? So I was outside working this afternoon and all of a sudden I just felt soaked in sweat and felt faint and my head was hurting and I come inside and I'm just like, why do I feel like I'm about to die? It's October. And then I look on Facebook and one of my friends posts a picture of a thermometer that says 100 degrees. Uh, folks, we're in eastern North Carolina, okay? We're not we're not from Arizona. Our friends in Arizona are saying, woohoo, it's down in the 60s tonight. But no. here in eastern North Carolina, we're having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. You can't and, get a breath. It's worse than August. But, yeah, you know, we've got a friend in northern Ohio, and I remember staying with him one one October in, in one of our trips, and we stepped out on the front porch, and it was gray and drizzly and just gross weather. And he, like, filled up his lungs and said, ha, ah, it's football weather. And I'm thinking, you know, where we are, football weather still needs sunscreen. You wear short shirts and a hat with a brim because... And be sure to take some wa- some ice water with you, yeah. Yeah, so, so we're not... Uh, fall is not officially in eastern North Carolina. But I would like for it to be different than August town. Yeah, well... I mean, can we not even have a breeze? Well, the tem- temperature is supposed to go down about 24 degrees uh, Saturday. Well, that, that would be a help. That, that way it would be merely uncomfortably hot for fall. Well, okay. Yeah, it, I'm but, kind you know, of disgusted by it. Sorry, little, y'all. We're a little grumpy about it. But you know what? This is a very moderate climate here. And honest to goodness, we've lived places that weren't. That's and true. And we do like it in eastern North Carolina. Just We'd like the seasons to be a little bit longer. <laughs> in the in the transitions yeah so anyway anyway so you know how mm-hmm. today if it's all right with you i'd like to talk about helping your kids make that transition into adulting as mm-hmm. they call it mm-hmm. you know I, in one of my mom's groups this week a mother wrote very frustrated mm-hmm. and she said that she was struggling she was angry at her 18 19 year old right because she said I was waiting for his paycheck to clear the bank and so that I could pay his, I don't know, sell bill or something Mm -hmm. or car insurance. And he spent the money and she was frustrated. She didn't know how to handle it. And I thought, you know, people are not teaching their kids how to teach their kids how to adult. You know, they were probably Mm -hmm. never taught how to adult. And I thought, you know, it'd probably be really helpful to people to talk about how you can, in a very intentional, measured, this works way, mm-hmm. help your kids make that transition from mom and dad are doing everything to I'm responsible for everything. Well, you know, I think so many of the things that we talk to people about and folks that are struggling, we think, you know, this all starts with the best of intentions. Yes. I mean, it, very seldom do we ever meet somebody that we think this is just a malicious type of person. This is just a no. this is an evil stepmother type of person. No, no, no. This you know, mom is a fantastic mom, is, and she's doing a right. good job. Yeah, and, and so you know that's that's not the issue. But you know, it's kind of like I I heard sometimes that um, that members of the generation that came after the depression um, sometimes maybe overindulge their kids because they'd had so much of a hard a hard childhood themselves they they want to they want their kids to have all the things that they didn't have and so well sometimes, i think that's true of a lot of our generation how well that's who i'm talking about and i think that maybe maybe our generation 
is making the mistake that we don't want our kids to go through the difficulties we went through. And so we think, well, we're just going to clear out their pathway. We're going to take care of things as long as they're within reach and, you know, just, just make their lives as easy as possible. And I think we're starting to see some, some fruit that's not really desirable from that. Well, I think a lot of people want their kids, I think probably nearly everybody wants their kids to be able to handle adulthood well. They're just not sure how to get from here to there. So let's talk about some practical ways to get from here to there. And I think it starts way earlier than 18 or 19. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In, in fact, um, you know, I saw a study. It was, it's, it's a couple of years old now, but I saw a study that was, um, that was published in the, the journal uh, Childhood Development, I think, or Child Development was the mm-hmm. journal. And they looked at what we would think of as typical behaviors of young adulthood. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some negative things. I won't go into that, but just some positive markers of young adulthood. And they were comparing three generations of high school seniors and saying, okay, what percentage of high school seniors today have done this? What percentage of, let's go back, you know, a full generation, really, uh, to say, okay, what was it like for those who are graduating high school in the late 70s versus those who are graduating from high school right now? Right. And it was kind of interesting some of the statistics I remember from there, they said that that more than a fourth of high school seniors now do not have a driver's license. Wow. And, and you know, it was... It was I didn't like, know anybody who didn't have a driver's license when I was in high school. It, it was over 90% when we were in high school. The day, and the, that, the 10% that didn't probably lived in New York City. Right. Because everybody I knew, the day they turned 16, they were at the DMV getting their driver's license. I was. Okay. Now, how about this? Almost half... I think 45% was the number. Almost half have never worked for pay. Like never at all? Never. Never, never. Wow. They have never had a paying like job. Not, no, you're not talking like, even like, long-term. Like, like cutting neighbor's grass. So not even been uh, paid mean, just, for work at all? Uh, no. Wow. 45% have never been been paid for work. You know, it used to be, well, like when we were in high school, it's like, Three-fourths of the people we knew had an after-school job, or they at least had cut grass for folks in the neighborhood, or or babysat, or did something to earn some some pocket money. Well, that explains a lot. Yeah. Because, you know, one of our sons was a residential advisor for a floor freshman Mm -hmm. one year in college, and I was on the phone with him and said, um, and he said, Mom, I got to go. One of my man babies is at the door. I said, Man babies. I said, one of your what? Yeah. And he said, man babies i said son what do you mean he said mama these kids are not ready to be away from home they are not remotely ready to be away from home they don't know how to do anything they don't know how to take care of themselves they don't know how to do their laundry they don't know what to do when they get sick they don't know how to they don't know anything he said mom they look like men but they're babies i call them my man babies we know Mm. I don't want to raise any man babies or any girl babies, woman babies. And, it, you know, it's nice to think of maybe our kids graduating from high school and going out and taking the world by storm. But we're we're just talking about basic adult functionality. Well, and... Just just being able to take care of themselves. Right. And I think part of that, I think a lot of moms feel guilty if they give their kids, like, serious chores. Mm -hmm. like cooking and laundry and cleaning. They feel like, well, that's my job. No. It needs to be their job because they've got to learn how to do it. You know, and this is something we've quoted before, and I was just looking up the numbers the other day, and and 
the data is still out there. The um, they said that only 28 percent of families now expect the children to do any chores at all around the house. Only 28. They said That's now. Crazy they stuff. said parents. The parents, like 82% of them said, I had regular chores. You know, whether that's to rake the front yard or to feed the dog or to take out the trash or to okay. fold the laundry, whatever it is. Hey, but, this, is this is just fat, This is a tragedy. It, we're, we're missing an opportunity is what it is. Well, it's a tragedy because these kids are growing up ignorant and incompetent. Mm. They don't know how to do things. And, you know, the cool thing about it is... Our kids, from the time they're very young, we give them chores, and I mean serious chores, like from the time they're nine or ten, you're expected to to cook a full day a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, yeah. And you do laundry, and you clean house, and the cool thing about it is how the Lord used that when they've been on their own, that they've been able to invite people over and to show hospitality, that they've been able to minister to other people by helping them with things. But so... yeah. uh, I think first step in adulting starts when they're in the preteens and you give them chores. Give them, and, give them tasks and real, to do. And, not, not just feed the dog chores. Right. But things but, that, take, that take some application, that take some skill, that will take some teaching. And that's a, I know that's, a, that's an issue for a lot of folks. They say, I just don't have the time to, you know, to teach this child, to walk them through learning how to cook a full meal or learning how to do this or another task. That doesn't make sense. Because that's like saying, I don't have time to teach my child to read. Yeah, you do. You've got to. It's a life (laughs) skill. And in teaching them how to do those things will free up more of your time to teach them other things because they can take some of the stuff off your plate. Yeah. Now, see, nobody told us that. Yeah. Nobody told us that, that if you teach your kids how to cook, then that means you don't have to cook every single meal anymore. It's pretty amazing. And Some of our kids are are better cooks than I am on some some dishes. Well, on some things. And, you know, and, and let's, I mean... We go back in time a few, <laughs> quite a few years here. We really got started on this pretty early for a very practical family reason. Do you remember why? Yeah, I was on bed rest. Because you I had, had terrible pregnancies. You had train wreck pregnancies, and you were on bed rest, and you couldn't be standing up in the kitchen cooking. Oh, you and it was so be. annoying. And so you had to look at that ten-year-old, that twelve-year-old, and say, "Okay, now this is how you start." It was, you know, it was really hard. I had to let go of my perfectionism. Mm-hmm. I'd let my pride go some, like when we make made Christmas cookies and everyone wasn't perfect because I I wasn't making them all. <laughs> right. But it was such a blessing because we grew together as a family and learning to do those things together. Now we can all work together doing things, mm-hmm. and it was really awesome. But you know, we've talked about chores in other podcasts. Right. We need to talk about some of this other stuff, like for example, we need to be teaching them in the teens mm-hmm. to stretch. You know, to, to try things that maybe they think they can't do. We need to be giving them more decision-making ability. We need to be teaching them. Like, you know, I have a friend mm-hmm. that when her teenagers need a doctor's appointment, she has them call and make the doctor's appointment. And, um, yeah. And, you know, that's awesome because when they get off on their own, they know how to get help when they're sick. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that starting a business interacting with the real world 
beginning to pay some of their own bills. Those mm-hmm. things are things that that prepare our kids for the launch. And and they can start doing that while they're teenagers at home, and the consequences are small, and it's a short distance to the ground if they stumble and trip on something. Right. And you have the opportunity to to teach them to just take on come alongside them and say, okay, this is a, no 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 not that way. Let me tell you why you don't do it that way, and you can help them out. And you know. You said something critical there right at the start. You said teach our kids to stretch. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I have seen, I mean, from the very time they start walking, is that our children are looking to us to understand how they should feel about the world. You know, when that little that little person is just starting to walk and they fall down and go boom, you know, if they're really hurt, they immediately cry. But a lot of times they, they hit the floor and they turn and they look. They look at the nearest parent like, should I be concerned with this? And if you make a big fuss about it, then they'll say, oh, I must be really damaged. And they'll cry and holler. But if you say, wow, you made a big noise. Now up and at them. Let's go. Oh, okay. They'll they'll get up, you know, because they weren't really hurt to begin with. They were looking for clues from us. I think they're still looking for clues from us when they're teens. Mm-hmm. You know, is this something I can do? Is this something I'm able to manage? You know, and I think just teaching them good decision making. You know, I, mm. when they want to do something, say, well, how do I, how does mama handle that when she wants to do something? Mm-hmm. She says, hey, honey, I'm, I'd like to go shopping tonight, this evening. Is that convenient? Do you right. need me for anything? Yeah. Right. You know, well, I'm going here and I'm going to be gone about this long, you know, because that's the way courteous pe- adults act toward people in their household. Right. So, child, if you treat me that way, I'm going to give you a lot of latitude in where you go mm-hmm. and how long you're gone. Right. Because you're acting like an adult. Yeah. And so, you know, we want to teach our kids to begin to make decisions, to begin to interact as an adult in the household. Adults don't wait to be nagged to do things. They show initiative. Mm-hmm. They do their duty. Right. You know, they they take responsibility for what they're doing and for their chores and for their school. And yet, does that mean they need to you to check on them absolutely mm-hmm. but and they may need you to correct them but you need to be encouraging them in more independence i i am totally on board with this of course that's what we've tried to do yeah and and so i you know we we encourage others to consider that but um but, but you know after yes. the after the break i want to talk about but what do we do outside our house and with like when they're actual they're 18 19 they're leaving home how do we help them make that transition to taking care of their own stuff mm-hmm. without disaster or working ourselves to death or whatever? Because, yeah, you should be starting all this stuff mm-hmm. when they're younger. You know, we give our kids checking accounts when they're 13 or so. Right. You know, they should be starting all that stuff when they're younger. But what if you haven't? What if you're getting to this point and there's things you haven't taught them, you're worried about them, how do you make that transition? That's great. All right, so let's talk about that right after the break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hey, you know, there's something I wanted to talk about, uh, wanted to let people know about, and that's what's coming up October 14th. Do you know what that is? What? We're going to be part of an online conference. This is the Homeschool Family Relationship Summit. Oh, right. That's coming up next week. That's October 14th through 21st, I believe it is. Oh, we really had fun recording the session for that. We are going to be doing a session. We are talking about marriage and about building friendship within marriage. But we're not the only ones there. There's going to be all kinds of people like 
Ted and Margie Tripp and Israel and Brooke Wayne. Uh, Ken Ham is going to be one of the presenters. Uh, Ginger Hubbard. There's like over 25 different speakers yeah. are going to be involved in this. And you know the best part of it? It's what? free. It's totally, absolutely free, and it's online. And if you want more information, let me just tell you where to go. Go to our website. Go to RaisingRealMen.com slash Summit2. That's Summit and the number 2. Okay? okay, and that will take you to a landing page that gives you more information about it and a link where you can sign up and get your free ticket in for the Homeschool Family Relationship Summit. This is something you don't want to miss. Awesome. So let's get to where this mom is, where, okay, my child has bills to pay. There's going to be serious consequences if he doesn't pay them. Right. Things to do. What do you do? You know, mm. I thought my mom handled this very, very well. I thought so, too. And that's why we've tried to adopt some of her skills in this. I've, now, she was, that, a, she was a widow at the time. My father died when I was in, high, when I was in actually, uh, middle school. Right. But... She handled it very well. What, like, let, let me describe what it was like when I got my first apartment. Okay. I was when in, was that? I was in college. You were like a junior in college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Second or third year. Yeah. I, I had been, um, I'd been really sick. Yeah. I was, was going to a Christian college that was very, the dorms were very crowded. Mm-hmm. And I stayed sick all the time. And the doctor said, you really need to be off on your own in an apartment. I had to move out in the middle of the year. Okay. And my mother came. And she, um, she said, okay, this is what we've got to do. And she explained uh-huh. the process to me. Right. And then she took care of it. She drove us around, found apartments to look at, looked at apartments with me, mm-hmm. the whole time explaining and discussing it with so me. So telling you what she's looking for. Yes. What to watch out for. I'm looking to see how, things. is this lit at night? Mm-hmm. You know, do, is there anything that would make me concerned about the safety? Yeah. Does it look like it's well maintained? Right. And so she's talking through all this with me. Mm-hmm. We got an apartment. Um, she walked me through the lease, what she was doing. She saw, she took care of everything, but she right. explained it to me. I was right beside her. Okay. And she, when we started the utilities, she called. She had to get a letter of credit from her. Um, from her bank at that from time, her, right? No, her utility company. Oh, that's right, yeah. To yeah. show to that utility company so she didn't have to pay a deposit. Okay. And she set up the phone, the utilities, the cable TV, everything. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, when I needed an apartment, mm-hmm. she came to my college with me before the year started. And I did it with her next to me. And mm. so she's reminding me of things. Don't forget to look for this. Mm-hmm. Remember, you needed to do that. But I did it all with her next to me. Mm-hmm. The third year that I needed an apartment, I did it all on my own. And you know, that was a real blessing when we got married because I'd never looked for an off-campus apartment. I'd always just gone into one of the dormitories or one of the one of the college apartments that belonged to the university and so when it was time for us to look for an, our first apartment as a married couple, you already had skill and experience on that. I, I had to look and say, okay, how did you go about this? I've never turned on utilities before. Right. And so the way that she handled it was such a blessing because, you know, I would have had a panic if I had had to handle it the first year. Right. But, you know, she just step by step walked me into it so that I could do it on my own. The third year when I did it on my own, I was completely comfortable doing it. 
You know, the thing that reminds me of is something that I keep coming back to in my own head is how did Jesus disciple his disciples? Yes. You know, he, you just look at the examples and just read through the Gospels and you see the pattern that our Lord used when he was training his disciples for the ministry he was leaving them with yeah. is he went out and he preached and he healed people and he he debated the people who opposed him and all the rest of that with his disciples standing around nearby. And then afterwards, he'd take them aside. They would ask him questions or he would say, do you understand what I just did? And right. he would explain this to them. And then you see he starts sending them out two by two to go to preach in the surrounding towns. And they would come back and he would say, all right, you know, what did you see? What happened? Tell, tell me about it. And, and so he would kind of debrief them and say, okay, tell me what you did. This is what happened. Okay, and this is how you understand that. And then the Lord goes back to heaven. He goes back to his, to his heavenly father and his disciples have learned by his side how to do the ministry. And so that's how he trained them up, the, exactly the way your mother did with you. Yes. And and so you were able to step out and say, okay, I've done this before. I've seen this before. I'm not frightened by this anymore. And, and, and see, now that's something, talking about taking your cues from your parents, one of the saddest things I've seen, and I've seen this more than once, is a, a young person, an adult, 25 years old or so, yes. who doesn't have a driver's license, and we ask, why, in, in, in the loving, graceful voice, why in the world not? And they say, they say, well, I'm just, I'm just very concerned about it. It's just such responsibility. I just don't know if I'm up to it. And it's like, they're fearful. They're yeah. afraid. And you know what? They learned that. They learned, they learned their that from their parents, from the time that they had a learner's permit, who just yes. said, oh, I don't want you driving on this country road. Oh, this is too fast on the interstate. Oh, city traffic is too distracting. I don't want you driving here. And, and they trained them to believe Yes. I'm not capable. And I see that going on in all kinds of other situations. Yeah. You know, I see parents, you know, we've had our fifth son is now in college. So we've been seeing this. We've launched a few. We've launched a few. We've seen what's going on. They've talked to us about their friends. Right. I have seen parents who literally make every decision and do everything for their child. They pay every bill for them. They take care of everything. The child knows nothing about what's going on. Right. You know, I see parents who, through fear, don't give their kids any independence. They're in their in their twenties, mm -hmm. and and the problem is, is that their kids are able to stand. They just don't believe it because their parents don't believe it. The parents are so afraid they're going to make a mistake. They're not teaching them to stand. So so what is how so what do you do in a situation like that where your son is spending money that he needs to pay bills, and what do you do? Well, first of all. You need to sit down with him and explain some things. Like I, I see parents saying, well, what if he ruins his credit? Well, then you should be teaching him how important it is that he not ruin his credit. And let's, I mean, we got to be fair about this, okay? If we've never had those kind of talks with our kids, if we've never sat down and talked about budgeting or talked about prioritizing your spending yes. or saving for future expenses or whatever, if we've never talked about that, we can't just ride in and blow them up. Right. Well, you're 18 now, and now now it's time to call you know to pay the piper. Right. But but we do need to say now look you know what you just did okay that was not well thought through okay because of this let's talk about the way that this needs to be handled and you know what they need to experience some consequences for their decisions but that's not just turning them loose and letting them fall that's you know training them coaching them reminding them as necessary. 
and giving them the freedom to make the choice to do the right thing, you know? So you, you make sure you teach them. Yes. About the consequences. Right. And then when you set up the bills, you sit down with them and you say, look, now here's, here are the bills you're going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. And these are the days that you're going to need to pay them. Let's put an alarm in your phone. Let's put a notation on your calendar showing right. what days you've got to pay these bills. You know, when you look, when you, when you just go through their budget there and you're talking to somebody maybe 20 years old, he's not going to have a whole lot of expenses, but to say, you know what, your phone bill is coming due here and it's going to be $150 or whatever. Um, do you have $150 in the bank? you got to make sure that you've got that money for that date, okay? And if you don't, if maybe your job is very intermittent or something, you got to make sure you put aside money before the date that it's due. Right. You know, and that's just part of that's part of the coaching we have to give them to say, hey, you know, we want to train you for the day when mom and dad are no longer at, at your arm's length. Right. You know, we want you to be able to manage your own affairs, to well, we to had, take care of yourself and your family. We've had kids living in foreign countries. Yeah. You know, that had to take care of themselves very young. Yeah. And so we want to prepare our kids to do that. So you teach them when things are due and how much money they're going to need. Right. And then when you sit down to pay them, you sit them down next to you. Yes. And you say, let's go pay your bill. Right. And you show them what you're doing. Yep. And you do that a couple of times. And the next time you hand them the computer... And mm-hmm. you say, why don't you pay your bill? I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. And you sit beside them several times until you know they've got it. Mm-hmm. And then you give them the responsibility. And may they blow it? Yeah, they might blow it. But well, then you can it's make... better to blow it at 19 than it is to be mm-hmm. 25 and ready to get married or 35 and mm-hmm. have no clue about this stuff. Right, right. And, and so, yeah, we need to be in, we need to be intentional about this. You know, one thing too before we wrap things up that I, that I think is useful is to sit back and just sort of brainstorm with yourself a little bit with your mate and ask what are the what are some key things that we want our kids to know when they leave our home? You know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a eighty five point list, but just right. some some critical things like. For me, I want our kids all to be able to drive. Yes. And, okay, this is a bonus because of our lifestyle. I want them to be able to drive the big van, pulling a trailer, and if necessary, to back that trailer trailer up. Okay. But that's, you know, you live on a farm, you pull a trailer a lot, that's a skill you might want. But I want our kids to drive. I want our kids to be able to swim. Yes. Um, Some would say it's useful for our kids to be able to dance. You know? Yes. That's old Southern society, I I guess. Yeah. To dance, to. To have the basic tools of learning, to be able to do laundry, mm-hmm. basic tools of learning, read, write, and do math. I think you ought to just assume that. Yeah, but still, still, you'd be surprised. <laughs> they need to be able to cook like full meals, like full days worth of meals. And not just to reheat a pizza, but they need to know how to cook vegetables and desserts and everything. They need to know how to do laundry. They need to know how to keep their stuff reasonably clean. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to take care of themselves. You know, you shouldn't have to be telling your older teenager to take a shower. Right. Yeah, you know, they should know to take a shower. They should know to brush their teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, just all the things they're going to need to know when they're on their own. I want to know. I want them to know how to change a tire. All of them, even my girls. You know, because right. my my mom made sure 
that somebody taught me how to change a tire, and I'm really glad because I had a flat tire one time when there was nobody there. Yeah, and and those kind of things, you know, and a lot of those they're not that complex, but if you've never done it before, it may seem like a terrible, terrible mountain to climb. And just to say, you know what, it's it's not that hard to change a tire. Here's how we do it. This is where the tools are. Do you know where the tools are in your car? Okay, let's go look at that. Um, yeah, and and just those kind of basic skills. You know, it's one of those things, and I think it's a good conversation to have with your teenager sometimes to say, now, we're not expecting this to happen, but I'm just saying, have you ever considered what would you do if suddenly mom and dad weren't here? If we were called to the mission field or if we were quarantined because of an outbreak of some illness or something, or, or maybe like happened with us one time. You've got a newborn, a newborn sibling who has a critical heart defect, and mom and dad are in the ICU with that baby for weeks on end. You know, how are you going to manage the household, teenager, when yeah. when mom and dad are basically just by phone for for a time? Do you have the skills to do that? Because even if grandma's there, maybe grandma's not able to do it. And and you know what? Just just to kind of put the point to them that. All this stuff, we're not we're not just trying to make our lives easier. Yeah, it's nice if somebody else can take a turn doing the laundry. But honest to goodness, this is building up your toolbox, son, daughter. I'm preparing you for your independent adulthood. So don't don't think of it as a me versus you type of thing. This is I'm trying to help you get the skills that you're gonna really be thankful for in a few years. Okay. And so yeah, that's a conversation you need to have, I think. And so to sum it up, yep. the way that you teach your kids to do adult things is by teaching them to do adult things starting when they're home mm-hmm. and then as they become independent by walking them through walking them through it with you yep. doing it right and then walking them through it with them doing it yep and gradually having them grow in independence knowledge and i know that's way easier said than done but it's so worth it to do this. I'm so grateful my mama did this, Hal. Well, I am so grateful she did, too. And there is a passage i just like to throw this out uh, for consideration on the way out. It's uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, where the apostle is talking about maturity in the faith. They're talking about the milk level of teaching, basic teaching. And then they're talking about, well, the serious teaching, the pure meat, the strong meat, it says in some translations, is for those who by reason of practice have trained themselves to discern between good and evil. You know, and I think that's an interesting point to bring up that we want our kids to be discerning. We want them to understand good choices and bad choices. And naturally we want them to always choose the good choices. But the way that they learn that is through the practical application and the practice. It's not by mom and dad doing everything and clearing all the obstacles out of the way and not having any consequences for the young people, but rather saying, hey, this is something you're able to do. Let me explain to you how to do it. Let me coach you and encourage you, but I want you to take care of this, and then we'll do a follow-up afterwards and see if there's anything that we need to learn. You know what? I think that's biblical. Yeah. And I think that's something we need to be doing. I agree. Okay. And so, go, folks, go do. Go teach, go teach your t- preteens and teens and young adults to adult. And have fun. This yeah. is fun. It oh. really is. It's fun to see them taking their place in the world. Okay. And it's fun to be able to talk to you people, too. So we do want to thank you for joining us. And we thank you for all the times that you visit with us. And uh, want you to please come back another time as we look at biblical principles and how to apply them in the 21st century family. 
And so until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.